Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Superhero Ethics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew S. Fox. Um, and joining us again is our other co-host, Paul. Um, Paul, I know you've been unable to join us for a little while, so I'm glad to have you back. How you been? Thank you. I've been... Yeah, I've been. <laughs> what? I've, I've been across the country, of the, the United States. Uh-huh. Cool. When, as people can hear, the sound quality this week is not probably quite up to our normal standard, uh, just because Paul's calling in on a phone, but... Uh, Paul, really appreciate you uh, making that extra effort to uh, be with us this week, and I know we'll be able to get back to uh, to, to better normal. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we got in a good podcast pretty soon, because uh, both Paul and I had seen the movie Doctor Strange um, and had a lot of thoughts about it, a lot of ideas about it, and wanted to talk about it, because um, especially right now, while people are getting a chance to see it, I think it's bringing up some stuff that's definitely uh, good for us to talk about. So, Paul, let's just start with kind of general impressions. What uh, Doctor Strange, what did you think? I thought it was good. You know, um, it was the kind of introduction of a whole bunch of magic into the MCU, which kind of opens up a lot of questions about the, the world, you know, and, um, and some of a lot of the characters in it. Uh Like it, it it makes me think a lot about Tony Stark actually in some ways. I was thinking about how far we've come because, you know, the first of these MCU movies, Iron Man, Granted, it's some pretty kind of hand-wavy pseudoscience, but at least it's all thoroughly based in science. Um, and we're getting more and more kind of powered individuals, and now it seems like we're at almost the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, so it was – I mean, that was science fiction, right? Right. Um, I mean, it was fictional science, uh, and I, I don't know how how much of any of that fiction was, was based in, in actual science. That's kind of like, well, this could maybe be a thing, you know? <laughs> Um, but it, it definitely was just as a scientific explanation and, you know, then, you know, the Hulk, it's like, they kind of have some sciencey things. Right. I mean, he's a scientist, right? I mean, those two characters are they're scientists, yeah. science, and, and he, scientists or, or sciencey guys. I he, mean, I, I guess Tony Stark's really more of an engineer. Even Thor and Loki, they do kind of an interesting way of saying like what appears as religion and magic to human eyes is actually just science from such a different world that it appears magical to us. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that, that that's what I was going to say next, is that, that Thor is a movie that you think, oh, well, this is going to totally break the, you know, very specific science fiction slant of of the whole, of that world, of that setting, and it, it really doesn't. They're just like, yeah, this is, you know, it's extra-dimensional travel, you can fold space or this or that or whatever it is, and, you know, a, a Something was it Rosencrantz Einstein Bridge? I'm positive that's not it, but <laughs> um, but that's probably funnier than whatever it was. But uh, <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, because like Jane Foster is a scientist, right? right? And um, Doctor Selvig, yeah, Doctor Selvig. Um, I was going to say Doctor Guy from Goodwill Hunting, but still in Stars Um but so, yeah, so, so you know, they're scientists and they're trying to understand, like, Thor, but they, they kind of do. And um, and so here, finally, pretty much for the first time, um, you get something that's like, yep, it's magic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's I found, I actually really kind of hated part of the beginning. Like, I, I, I thought everything was really extremely well done, and um, I really liked the early part of the beginning, but then the whole, like, you know, you have this doctor who's very into, in, you know, 
himself, his own identity as being a doctor. That's clearly something that he's um, felt like, this is who I am, right? This is what I am. And in a, in a very sort of cutting edge science, you know, um, medical science way, right? He's not just like kind of a, a random doctor. He's, he's a doctor who's, who's really kind of pushing. Right. He's um, the top medicine. of his field and. Right. By, by pushing science, um, medical science. And so then when, you know, the ancient one who, uh, I guess we've already kind of covered the, the whole, you know, not a Tibetan dude, instead a Celtic woman, um, which had, there's some strange stuff about that. Right. Uh, and I'll, but, I'll definitely want to say something about that in a minute, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So, um, but then when, you know, when she's like, well, everything, you know, is wrong. And this is, you know, that whole scene, like, I kind of hated it. Like it, <laughs> it, it really, I was just like, ah, you know, and I, I was thinking about it and, and you and I talked about it a little bit and we can go over like, what what you were saying about because I know you you maybe have a, a little different feelings about it, but um the thing that I occurred to me just today was like in a world where all of that magic stuff is definitely true, uh-huh. right? And there's all you know, and somebody can say you know what's wrong with the world too many sorcerers, right? Like if if all that's going on, it's like I find it hard to believe that characters like Tony Stark or like Stephen Strange, like that, that the entirety of human science and medicine and engineering would have been built on a lack of knowledge of magic. Right. It seems like a really weird thing to have been able to keep that secret um, while also having technology advanced past the point where it has in, in our own world. Well, I think so I, I think yeah. there's two things here. One, I want to just back up a second uh, just to what we were kind of saying about that kind of evolution from the Tony Stark to this, because I think right. it's I, I don't really know what the significance of this is, but I, I think it's interesting that in a way the DC universe, at least on screen, has done something very similar, at least especially the DC TV universe, you know, because oh, right. if you yeah. think Arrow is not even a, a science fiction, it's just purely like rich guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I it's mean, just a vigilante. I mean, some of the hacking is a little yeah, the, the, you know. Right? And, and granted, the psychology, like, people just don't act like that. But, um, right. but yeah, but, but, but it, it's at least within a CW conceit of romance. Right. It is realistic. Yeah. And then you get Flash. It's not any more sci-fi than Bones. Right. And then you get Flash, which is more pseudoscience, but still within that realm. And and then, like, you know, now we have Legends of Tomorrow, which is time travel, which is really yeah. on the edge of science fiction. <laughs> time travel, yeah. But, Although it is kind of, like, right in the um, in the wheelhouse of science fiction, too. Oh, sure. You know? but, but, but now, and in the very, in the uh, most recent episodes, or, or I could say last season. Which you know, I haven't seen. Oh, last season, yeah. You know, they introduced things well, you like. you have, like, Constantine. Yeah, exactly. And, Constantine and yeah. Damien Dark, where we're now introducing yeah. magic. And it's I just, I, I think it's interesting that in both of these worlds, we start with a kind of very scientific paradigm and have now gotten more into magical spiritual. Um, yeah. And uh, that all that kind of parallels game of Thrones as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they did the same thing and I think they've had a lot of success with that in terms of bringing people who aren't really into sci-fi or magic yeah. so much into the fold and then kind of gradually, you know, um, getting them to accept things that are a little bit more out there. Like a couple of years ago when I heard they were going to make a Doctor Strange movie 
in this MCU. And I was like, really? You know, <laughs> <laughs> really? And then like they did, it's like, oh yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> it's like by the time they got there, you know, cause they, they have characters who have been, you know, they've, they've been kind of just pushing the envelope a little, pushing it. And, and this is clearly more different. It's a, it's still a jump right. compared to the other things, but it has been, um, a gradual process that then results in a jump in that direction that I think people have been prepared for. Right. I think it's a, it's a kind of like slowly working your way to it um, yeah. and setting up a larger paradigm. Uh, and, and to the larger question you have, though, I are I, not quite sure, but the point you're making, I do think yeah. I agree with you. Like I, I did like a lot of the the early part because I, I do yeah. find – and I know you and I disagree on this, but I think there is something to be said for – awareness of the hubris of the potential hubris involved in human knowledge. And I think that there is an element of, I like stories that challenge us and that kind of remind us like the fact that we haven't figured it out yet doesn't mean it's not there. Um, but, but, yeah. but, on the well, flip, just, but, but, no. oh, oh yes, yeah, so let's talk, say something about that. But then I, I will say, I, I agree with you on the specific thing of what you were saying with Dr. Strange, but, but go for that. Oh, like how it played out in that scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, I actually totally agree about the, um, you know, the, the dangers or the just the basic fallacy in overestimating the extents of, of current human knowledge. Um, I, I get a little angsty when people are like, well, this is unknowable. I'm like, yeah, well, how do you know that? Right. You know, but, <laughs> but, um, but the thing specifically in the Dr. Strange, which maybe this is kind of part of what you agree with, um, was that it, it's like, you know, it's like, well, you know, you have this character who's like, well, I know exactly everything that's going on, which, like, isn't really how a, a great scientist should see the world, right. right? Like, a great scientist should understand how much we don't know, but how that doesn't actually really marginalize what we do know. Right. You know, it's just we have to have an understanding of uncertainty and understand the way progress works um, and, and how we kind of chip away at what we don't know. And then we come up with more questions, too. But in Doctor Strange, and in tons of this is actually a classic sci-fi fantasy, um, but like world, kind of like World of Darkness thing, really, where it's like yeah, I was totally most of, of the people don't know what's going on, right? And then there's the big kind of like reveal for the characters. Right. Like as an audience, we kind of already usually know, like yeah, this is going to be a sci-fi thing. But the characters are like, wait, no, really, you know? Um, yeah, I, I mean, and I think I, that's always a challenging moment in sci-fi. But here, the thing is, just what they often do, and that kind of doesn't really get into what, you know, you were saying about kind of understanding the hubris and stuff, uh-huh. is that then they're like, no, this is the way it really is. Yeah. And it's like somebody has all the answers, you know? So it's like, it's almost like they're they're raising the question that you think is a really good question. And I, I really, I agree with that, but then they're just substituting the next answer kind of instead of yeah, having that be somewhat of an open question. On that, oh, I'm oh, in total, oh. on that, I'm in total agreement with you. And I, I, I had the same thought about World of Darkness, which is for anyone who doesn't know, it's a, um, a wonderful set of role-playing books, um, uh, an entire world where, where the kind of premise of it is that like in the modern world, there are like vampires and werewolves and other creatures that are like just below the surface pulling strings, but that most of us never see. And it's a great conceit, 
but they start adding more and more and more special yeah. creatures and more and more people who know about them to the point where you're sort of like, okay, who is the one person in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who doesn't have a superpower? <laughs> um, right, right. And, and how I think, does anybody not know about these people, let alone even be one of these people? Yeah, and, and I kind of have the same feeling about, you know, like every time we see like, you know, on Supergirl, when we learn about like the DEO and it's super, super secret thing, except that there's like hundreds of people working there, you know, and like all right. of these things where it keeps like on the one hand tells us like this is the secret that no one ever has heard about. And then you're just like, look at our modern world and how incredibly hard it is for anyone to keep a secret. Like. Are you telling me no one's going home and tweeting about like the crazy thing they saw at work and by accident goes viral? You know, like <laughs> it's just right or something get picked up by a security cam or right. And the world of darkness was created in the nineties when a lot of that was a lot more plausible. Nobody was going home and tweeting about it. Exactly. You know, and and with Doctor Strange, I I or can sort not of even going home. I can sort of buy the idea that like because I think kind of like what I thought Thor does an interesting idea of is you know. That and, and, and this is actually something that happens in the World of Darkness stories as well, is that a lot of our myths are stories that come to us by kind of like misremembering science, you know, actual things that were discovered, you know? And so I can sort of buy that like a lot of like homeopathy or like, you know, stuff that is kind of like might be real science, might be kind of junk science. Like it's kind of hard to know, you know? Or in some cases, it's very easy to know. But, like, you know, the things that are kind of, right. like, on the kind of realms, the outside realms, that maybe that's kind of, like, ways in which stories about magic are perkling up to the surface, but no one's believing them. But I do – Like I, in that world. Yeah, but I do I do agree with you that, like, the way that it's portrayed is a little bit – you know, I'm sort of like, okay, well, I'm really glad that we dealt with Doctor Strange's hubris. But what about the ancient one's hubris, you know? Right, and, right. And like, granted, what happens to her is kind of a way of dealing with that. But I, but I yeah, think like, yeah. um, and it's interesting because, and, and let's 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 actually dive right into what's my favorite part of the movie. Uh, jumping ahead a bit in our outline, I I think in one ways the movie gets that wrong, but in the other way the movie really gets it right because the end scene to me is so much about like undoing the hubris of the big bad villain. Um, mm. So yeah, let's talk. Like, and I, I, I think we said this at the beginning, but just um, most people, if you've listened to this before, you know, if we talk about a media, we're probably going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, right. But, but to right. be clear, we're going to say people Doctor Strange. Yeah, to, to be clear, this is going to have some big Doctor Strange spoilers. Um, but I will just say, I um, overall, like you, I, I liked a lot of things about the movie. I thought the beginning was a little weak. I thought some of the technology was a little overused. But I loved the ending, and I'm wondering what you thought of it because I thought the way that he defeats um dermagu uh, how do you pronounce that that the the the, the big creature is it yeah yeah that one yeah <laughs> dermagu I, i'm getting it wrong and people are yelling at me for being a filthy casual um but uh, uh the way he defeats him without using violence i just thought was absolutely brilliant now i kind of want to know what you thought of it uh yeah i mean it was like <laughs> that's how sherlock would do it right i mean um uh... <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange, <laughs> like it, it, I, I, I really like that he, you know, yeah, his magic played a critical role in him being able to take that strategy, right? right. But really, it was it was his cleverness that wins. Um, and just for, and, I, I hope everyone has seen it, and we're not spoiling it, but just to make sure you understand what we're talking about. It's that he he faces this being of incredible power, 
but who also lives in a kind of like a time a, a zone where time doesn't matter and so he's able to kind of like trap him in a repeating time loop that that just so frustrates this this creature that he can't get out of that he winds up making a deal to spare earth right right yeah he's basically like and and strange like one of the few people who can actually control time and he can do it partially because he's wearing the time gem right Right. Uh, one more of the um, Infinity Stones has now been time. revealed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that, you know, that all, uh, it, it's kind of a nice way to, to tie it into the whole Infinity Wars plotline while also letting a character's, you know, cleverness really, really be the thing that, that is, that, that makes the difference, you know, that, that, that sort of wins the day, which is, right. I mean, I'm a sucker for that, you know, <laughs> like no, I'd I, always, and a character like this, it seems perfect for that to be. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved it both. Cause yeah, I think it, it's the idea of cleverness, especially, Oh, and, and that's kind of what I meant about the hubris. Like the, um, the other villain had sort of been talking about like, <clears throat> you know, this, this great power, this unbeatable power. And the fact that that power is able to be beaten, not by like matching it with power, but by cleverness. Um, mm-hmm. But also just, you know, I mean, obviously these movies are fun because they often have great fight scenes and that's okay. And I don't mind that, but we've talked on other episodes about, you know, the ethics of violence and how that can be good or can be problematic. And I just, I loved seeing a nonviolent defeat of an enemy. You know, it just, I I, I can't remember it happening in the MCU at another time, um, especially not for a climactic battle. And I just thought that's such a nice change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that um, the ending of, Guardians of the Galaxy was similar. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, um, in that, but that was more of a like, hey, I'm going to distract you by dancing, and then we're going to use this power to defeat you. you right. Know? So it's definitely different. Um, but it's uh, it, there's a similarity, you know. I mean, similarly, similarly, uh, <laughs> um, you know, in Iron Man 1, like, you know, where the you know, the other guy has the, the bigger suit and he's like, oh, did you figure out the icing problem yet? The what? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that's kind of how he beats him, right? Uh, although it's not really because then, like, Pepper Potts has to make something explode. It, it, I, I it, it's how he beats uh, him in, I think, um, ending number two. There's like four right, endings. There's, right. there's four climactic yeah. endings, but yeah. No, exactly. It's one of the four, yeah. and so that's nice. Right, right. I think it was the penultimate one, not the third to the last. Yeah. But, you know, either, which, however it is, the point is um, that wasn't the best part of the movie. I mean, right. the ending in general, but um, but, or the villain. But, but it's I thought it's also yeah. I think a nice part of the kind of magic ethos of you know I think it's easy to see magic as okay, magic is just another way to do damage. You know, now instead of right. a punch, I have a fireball. Um, right. And certainly they use magic to fight, but I did love that idea of like we can that it can actually be an alternative to violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> We're in agreement. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, which I guess that kind of naturally leads us back to, I guess, uh, what was going to be the the point before this, maybe. Oh, about, yeah. About um, Strange killing someone and then being like, what have I done? And actually, like, caring, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was I, – I, I was really struck by that because we don't see that very – I mean, you right. know – and yeah, go on. Well, yeah, no, I mean, just that, you know, that you have a character who's a doctor, right? you know, who's, um, and who's, like, 
that, that's not just his job. That's his, you know, that, that's sort of like the center of his being. That, that's right. what he thinks of himself as, as a doctor. Where, you know, even at the end of the story, when he's basically not a doctor anymore, that's not what he does, right? He's right. A, a sorcerer. Um, he's still like, it's Doctor Strange. <laughs> well, you know? And, um, and, yeah, and I, I was thinking as I watched it because, you know, you'd, we'd set him up as this very, like, he's very dedicated to being a doctor. But it seems that he, it, it, it's not like because he has this like incredibly altruistic, like I need to help people. I need to take care of people. Right. Right. There's a lot of ego in it. There's a lot of hubris in it. And he's honestly like pretty terrible to people. Like he doesn't yeah. seem to mind the fact that he hurts people in mm-hmm. his desire to become a better doctor, you know, or to become a doctor right. again. And and we can right. like yeah. I, there's a lot of uh, gender problems I had with the whole way that his his girlfriend is treated. We can we can talk about yeah. that. But like, so we set we set that up and we set up that he's kind of a in some ways very selfish. What's his girlfriend? I, I think like she's there's a, there's definitely a romance element there, but it's it's yeah. I mean, she, the fact that that's not even clear is I, I, she was such a like undefined character, which I was really frustrated by. Um, but, but I think, but the point is like, I mean, so he's not set up as like a super selfless character. So I thought to me, it would have been very easy for him to say, okay, I took the Hippocratic oath, but it was his life or mine. I mean, this guy he kills is clearly like threatening his life. It is an act of self-defense. And so it would have been very easy for that character to say, nope, I killed him. He would have killed me. Nothing wrong with that at all. My life is most important. And he didn't. You know, he instead went to a place that Tony Stark, Captain America, mostly those others don't go to of it doesn't matter that he killed a bad person, quote unquote. He took a human life and that really bothers him. Right, right. I mean, it's it's more in the the Daredevil and, yeah. you know, um, Netflix series kind of kind of vein, which which is interesting because. I believe uh, Doctor Strange is uh, a a key member of the Defenders. That that's and um, I, I've certainly heard rumors that that's the this is supposed to be the place where like the movies and the TV universes finally really meet. Um, right. Is that Doctor Strange is I, uh, I think supposed to appear in the Defenders TV show? Oh uh, yeah, I mean that it, it it sounds to me like a sort of rumor. That's a rumor, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Uh-huh. You know, like. <laughs> Like it, I mean, I heard that as a rumor or a speculation before any of the people were cast. You right. know, for any of these series, they're like, well, "What about Doctor Strange?" You know, there, like, there oh, may well, be more hope of oh, that. Well, then they're going to cross over, right? Exactly. Uh, but it, it would make a lot of sense, particularly because you know, where does he reside? You know, right. in New York. So if the Defenders are all in New York, and he's in New York, and he's historically key in the Defenders, and you know, there's also a lot of his whole, um, you know, the whole sorcery thing. Uh, I feel kind of ties in pretty well with Iron Fist. Like Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam Gao. Like, um, you know, that there's definitely, I mean, they're not sorcerers, but, but there's, a there's a level element. of, yeah, there, there's a, a level of mysticality to, um, you know, Iron Fist's power and, Kunlun and you know it, it I, I definitely feel like there's some kind of uh, extremely high crossover potential there definitely. to the point where you know I, I, th- I feel like at some point if Tony Stark keeps living in New York 
and never meets any of the, the <laughs> Netflix characters. You know, it's almost like, really? Like, you run into everybody in New York. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, that that does sort of start to hit that same level we were talking about with the magic stuff, where it's just like, yeah. you know, there's a point at which it just doesn't make any sense that these things are not coming up. Um, um, so I, I can totally get that. Um, now, now I, I, one kind of related thing I want to say to that, and then I have a question for you, um, but is um, I, I certainly hope that this is sort of indicative of the fact that um, we're going to get uh, um, Daredevil, uh, um, some some kind of uh, uh, Netflix and movies crossover. But but yeah. even if not, I think it's interesting because uh, on the episode where we talked about sort of the ethics of killing, I think one thing we both agreed on is that there's sort of been the conceit that it's okay to kill in a PG-13 movie, but that worrying about killing is something that's kind of reserved for Netflix. Um, yeah, which is so and, wrong. Yeah, and, and, well, and I guess I hadn't thought about it until we're having this conversation, but I realized, like, even if it's not that direct a connection, if part of what just this means is that we're now okay talking about the ethics of killing even in the, mm. the, the movie part of the MCU, yeah. to me, that, that makes me really happy because, I, I you know, it, it would be kind of great if, like, even if Doctor Strange doesn't join the Defenders, if, you know, he's hanging out with Tony Stark and Captain America and he's like, um, y- you guys just wasted 20 soldiers. Like, they're, they're, they're soldiers for Hydra, but they're people, aren't they? I mean, like, right, right, right. we're probably not going to get that scene, but it's something I would le- at least like to see kind of leaning towards. Yeah, I'd say particularly not with Hydra soldiers, but... Yeah, no, they're, they're <laughs> just... your general point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to have, like, a sit-down with, like, Doctor Strange and, and Tony Stark being like, you know, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely uh, true. Now, um, but 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 I do think bringing that kind of crossing that bridge, I think, is a is a good thing. It's a, it's a positive step, and and I'd like to see more like it, like that. Yep. No, I think that definitely makes sense. Um. So, what did you think of Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent? Yeah, <laughs> I, I. It I. I'm not even sure if it's a good American accent or not. It just. For the first two or three minutes, it was so weird. Like I thought there was a part of me that thought there was a sound problem in the theater because it just is (laughs) so weird to me to hear that voice coming from that actor. Um, It's really strange. It's really strange. Um, I thought he sounded like Tom Selleck. Well done, by the way, there. Oh. It was very strange. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 It was – very strange. <laughs> I, 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 unfortunately, that's going to come up a lot. Um, I can, I, yeah, I can see <laughs> yeah. a Tom Selleck. I mean, he definitely like by ten or fifteen minutes into it, I, I definitely was able to go with it, and it wasn't bothering mm-hmm. me. But there's a part, yeah. and I, I guess maybe it changes the story somewhat to make him not American. Um, although we can, given what they did with the ancient one, we can certainly get into that. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. But, we, but, we can allow it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, but, I mean. Okay, and maybe this is the problem, and maybe this is something we should get get away from. But I have to admit, like, a very intelligent, very arrogant person saying something that is both hilarious and insulting just sounds so much better with a British accent. <laughs> and, and maybe that's a problem, and maybe they don't want him to seem like another Loki, because Loki kind of has that on lockdown in this universe. Right. But, but yeah, I just I, – I did miss his accent. I thought – yeah, I thought the character was funny and enjoyable, and that kind of like, you know, you love him, hate him. Um, but I think I would have liked it more with an English accent. Right, right. I mean, it, it definitely. 
that sort of humor and whatnot definitely plays different uh, in in the original British. But uh, <laughs> see, you know, um, I I don't know. I I I, I do feel like. Okay, <laughs> blah 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 blah. I, I thought that um, he did a good job. I, I think in general, Aussie actors tend to do better American accents than British actors. Yeah. Uh, I I usually notice a few, um, you know, inaccuracies here and there. Uh-huh. But I, it, it like it was fine for me. But it, I totally agree that in the beginning, I was like, well, this is weird, you know. <laughs> Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen him in other things with uh, an American accent, but it was interesting that he chose to make his voice so deep. Yeah. I don't think it's naturally that deep, right? Like, it, I mean, British typically is uh, higher pitch than American English. I, I think so. You have much more of an ear for linguistics than I do. Um, yeah. One thing that does make me think of is, do you watch the TV show House? Oh. Uh, I don't, but I'm very familiar with Hugh Laurie uh, yeah. in, in his original British accent. Well, yeah, and that's what uh, I was going to say is like I, – because yeah. I was going to say – you know, I mean obviously um, you know, Cumberbatch is known most for playing Sherlock. And, and, and in some yeah. ways I think part of why this character confused me is because this character does seem very much like Sherlock, at least in that yeah. kind of like and, – and, and that may be why they decided not to go with the accent just to separate them. But I was thinking about it more about how Hugh Laurie plays House. He is British. Um, interestingly enough, the actor, uh, I read something that the, um, the producers didn't realize he was British after his audition. Yeah. Um, which seems a little weird given his resume, (laughs) but, um, and that may be more of like a kind of somewhat of a overblown story that's told on like, uh, you know, uh, commentary tracks, but, but yeah, Yeah, to me, that's another, like the first couple of times I I saw the character, I was like, why don't you have him have a British accent? This would be even more powerful. (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah. Idris Elba had the same thing apparently happen with uh, a lot of people didn't know he was British. Um, oh yeah, I mean when I... was on the wire, and he said it was because he just spoke American English, yeah. like most of the time, you know, because he'd been living in America for uh, I think a few years or something, uh-huh. and um, and he just you know, I guess when you're an actor and you move somewhere, you start trying to speak like like people where where you are sure. and. So yeah, well, well, his, and in the wire, he, he has such a very specific dialect. I mean, he's not just speaking American yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as a character. He's got a, like the Baltimore inner city accent yeah. is so specific, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, and he'd been in that area, I think. Yeah, kind of already, you know, doing the accent. Yeah, I, I was definitely one of those. I I first only knew him through the wire, and then I watched an episode of Luther, and I was like, "What in the world is going on?" <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, I watched Luther first. And, okay. And then I watched The Wire and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That's, what? <laughs> well, and let, let's now let's not talk about... He's also about... smaller than The Wire. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to just Elba for, for the day. Yeah. Um, let, although we can get back to it when we get to Thor. Um, but let, let's talk yeah. more about um, the, the issues of identity, because I know we talked a lot about that. And, and I want to start just by talking about um, The Ancient One. Um, what? How did you think about the way... Like, you know, we talked before, and I should say, actually, um, I'd said before about um, that I was really having doubts about whether I would see this movie or see it in theaters. 
right. I, I went back and forth on that. I was kind of waiting to see if there was going to be any kind of a call for a boycott or something. There wasn't really much. Um, I, I, I looked for copies online. I couldn't find much. I, I, what I wound up deciding to do was I, I figured out exactly how much money we were going to um, pay going to see the movie um, and then gave that much plus a dollar to Free Tibet. Um, right. the, the political organization. So uh, maybe this was a cop out. I'm not sure, but it was my attempt to kind of balance uh, my, my, right. my mixed feelings about that. Um, yeah. But, but with that framework, I know you, you had said you had kind of similar feelings about um, the, them changing the, the, um, the, t- the Tibetanness of that character for the, the, the government of China. Or removing the Tibetan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know um, yeah. what, what did you think of the way um, the ancient one was portrayed? Well, I'll I'll start by saying I don't know a lot about Doctor Strange. Um, like I, I I haven't I've seen Doctor Strange in stories before where he was like the authority figure kind of you right. know where um, he was already Doctor Strange and he was you know giving Spider Man a hard time or whatever you know and so I don't have the feeling of it really being different because I haven't seen the ancient one much or, or read a bunch of stories with them in it. So, um, so that kind of makes it where it's not like a difference to me, right? It's more of a philosophical, like, um, Oh, so you're changing this character. And like, we really don't have a bunch of, um, you know, significant, um, you know, Asian characters in, uh, particularly male Asian characters in right. in comic book fiction, you know, uh, and particularly I mean like on screen comic book fiction, right? Right. So, you know, that's something I'd, I'd definitely like to see more of. Uh, at the same time, like within the context of the movie, it felt like whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it it you know she was fine, you know. I, I thought the character was strong, the performance was strong, you know. It. It made sense. And, you know, like, and so this is kind of where, we, you know, what we were talking about with um, Iron Fist and like maybe if they'd cast, a, you know, an Asian American character um, or actor and, and had the character be, uh, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth generation Asian American instead of being, you know, a blonde dude. Um, I, I would really like it if they had some you know, uh, Asian American characters who weren't martial artists, yep. you know, or some kind of like mystic or like a computer hacker, you know, yeah. like. It, it tends to be one of the most stereotyped sort of racial backgrounds at this point right now. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm not saying, oh, it was better that they made, you know, the ancient one, a Celtic woman, just that within the context of actually seeing the movie and within the MCU where, I don't know, like it would be nice if the first major Asian dude character, I mean, I guess there was like Hobu, right? Nobu, Nobu from, um, from Daredevil. Right. Right. But you know, isn't like this, like, you know, Oh, I have all the mystical secrets and whatever. Uh, But like, you know, but yeah, sort of does. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's a mystic ninja. I mean, there is a lot of that. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in, in the movies, if... Because I can't, I can't even think of any, like, I mean, can 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 you think of no. any, like, central 
Everyone I can think like, of is 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 that. And 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 and, and actually, I it, it, um I think I think you're exactly right there, and it ties into something else I was related, which is think, thinking that was related, which is like I I I liked a lot of Tilda Swinton's performance. Like if I was looking at her in a vacuum, I would have thought she was a great yeah. choice, you know, because I think yeah, yeah. and in some ways, especially given the. The, the pretty problematic relationship he has with the the woman doctor back home, like having it be a woman who's calling him on his shit is actually pretty powerful in a lot of ways. And I like that. Um, but I think you're right. Like it, it, <clears throat> it not being a Tibetan, first of all, is really problematic given the, the situation with China, but also like the lack of strong, um, you know, uh, Asian male, uh, Asian any, but especially Asian male, because there are a couple of Asian women, especially in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah. uh, characters. Um, and, and I would say in some ways, um, um, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm, uh, May is, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because she's not a ninja. Like, she's a strong fighter, but she's not like a martial artist in that kind of a way. She, she's a martial artist. I mean... She's totally a martial artist. That's... That's but, like, but is she, I mean, I know she's not just a martial artist. Is she she's more of a, a martial a, artist? I think she's a great than, character. Is she more of a martial artist than Ward? Or is she just trained yeah. in the exact same? Yes, she is. Yeah, I guess you're right. So that's absolutely even that fails. Um, partially because Ming Na Wan is, is a better martial artist than. Yeah, um, no, that's true. Timothy Dalton, not Timothy yeah. Dalton. <laughs> Younger Timothy Dalton. Dalton. There you go. Well, uh, but but no British accent there. Um, right. But 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 what I was going to say because actually actually yeah I I would take that back. You're right there. Um, but if you gave that character a British accent, it would have been so much better. <laughs> True. Um, but but the other thing is like just the term Asian I think is really problematic yeah. when you think of how big Asia is I, and and in some I ways agree. actually. Doctor Strange kind of highlights that for me because, yeah. like, you walk away think, realizing, like, okay, they set this in – it's in Kathmandu, right, instead of it being in Tibet? And, like – I believe you on that. I, I missed that. Say again? I, I, I'll, I'll take your word for that. You oh. said right, um, and I'm just saying that. I, I, oh, yeah. I was I saying that, that it's yeah. not – it is set in an area that I think they label as Kathmandu, but certainly <laughs> it's in the kind of, like, just north of the Indian subcontinent – um, right. you know, Himalayan part, which is yeah. very, very different than East Asia. And most of like the, right. the, when we see portrayals of Asian on screen, it is almost always East Asian. Um, and in this actually, there winds up being like in his troop, you know, we've got the Celtic woman, we've got the African man, and we've got the, I don't think it's ever clearly defined, but he's pretty clearly like East Asian, Chinese or Korean, or maybe Japanese, um, you know, guy who's part of the team. And there's almost no one from like the part of the world that this whole thing is supposedly set in. Um, yeah. So to me, that was just one more way where and I was sort of British, like, by the way. I think Benedict Wong. Oh, okay, yeah. The guy you're talking about. Uh huh. That makes but, sense. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I, I think he's of, of Chinese descent. Right. Guess. Right. But and and like like I remember someone you know walking out of it being like, you know, well, but you know, because I was saying something about like there being you know that that. You know the thing about the ancient one. There's like, well, but there's a strong Asian character, and I was like, well, the fact that we use Asian as a term to mean that like someone from China can stand in for the fact that we lost someone from like the Tibet cat, like that's not. You right. know, we're talking about. Uh, well, yeah. So, like, I think all of the words that we use for what you know, I, I when like talking about it seriously, I I feel the need to use finger quotes race, right? Um, because not really a scientific thing, you know. 
um, it's a construction that humans have created largely right. to oppress each other. Um, but yeah, like the, the word Asian, like really just applies to such a, a broad swath of people. Like I, I was watching um, Master of None, which is the Aziz Ansari um, Netflix show, right? Um, which also has, um, I think Alan Yang is, um, I think he's the one, the co-creator um, and co-writer of most of the episodes. And so it has, you know, I, I, they were talking about the, you know, Asian something or other. And I was like, yeah, I guess like, cause like Aziz Ansari is, uh, you know, his, his parents were Indian and, and you know, it's like, I, I never really thought of it that way. But like, I, that's true, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's like it's true, obviously, in a way that it's also not really like, you know, it's like when, when people use the word Asian, I think in the United States, I think very often are referring specifically to, you know, East Asian and like Northeast Asian, you know, like right. China, Japan, Korea. Right. right. And then like sometimes like the Philippines and Thailand, but that's like Southeast Asia. That's like kind of viewed differently. And then there's like the, the Indian subcontinent, which is like, well, does that also count? And, and if it does, it's like over 60% of the world basically. Right. You know, in terms of population. Um, I, I mean, technically so, most, quite a lot, not all, but quite a lot of Arab, Arab uh, is technically Asian, you know? like Right. Right. Yeah. Like Pakistan is right next to India. Right. Well, uh, and, Arab, that, that's Muslim, but Arab, I'm more meaning like, you know, like Saudi Arabia. Right. Well, then, and then Afghanistan is right next to Pakistan, and right. Iran is right next to Pakistan, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's, well, the, yeah, I mean, part of Pakistan is basically Arab, right? And part is basically Indian. I mean, in terms of like ethnically. I don't think I, I I I'm not an expert, but my understanding is that no, that, that 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 a lot of them speak Arabic as a as a religious language, but that in terms of like again these things being incredibly socially constructed, but like what we think yeah. of as like like people in the, those parts of the world would identify perhaps as Muslim often, but not as Arabic by any means. But but yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. But let's not okay. get into a, a anthropology yeah. discussion that um, neither of us are experts on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, but I think ethnicity is actually a thing that exists genetically, as, as much as it is also a construction. Right. Um, it there is some level of um, I, I, I could be wrong about this, but that there is some level, like that you can actually, you know, look at genes and and see what ethnicities. Um, someone's genes are comprised of, right. but that then lumping those into whatever handful of races is is like a further construction on top of that, well, and, um, and, and and has much to do with perception, and think, or more to do with perception than it does. Yeah, and I, I think part of what these stories are helping to show us, especially like in the science fictiony kind of worlds, is that like generally and historically, like the more. The less that you have someone who is different, the more you start looking for differences in your own group, you know? And so, like, it's very easy to talk about, like, the differences between, like, Virginians and Massachusettsans, you know, before, like, the United States is a thing. And then when we start, like, really talking about, like, the different, you know, other countries and then, like, you know, the the extent right now we use the term race because the – distinguish between like black and Asian and and white and Caucasian or whatever you want to say – 
because we only think of the human race when actually like once we have like you know kryptonians and and all these other right, people right, like right, right. then it becomes like well really is the difference between like african and and asian that important when we're looking at like you know human versus all these other things um right. so yeah i think that i think that's a good point i think we're kind of on the same page there um i, I feel like if i was looking at doctor strange this lens i think like it did some good things, and I'm glad it did. I definitely had some things where I kind of had some raised eyebrows, and it it, it makes me – I'm excited to see um, Iron Fist, and I really hope this isn't the issue that takes over Iron Fist. But it, mm-hmm. especially given what we were saying in terms of like the um, – the lack of characters of what is, as you said, like a racial group that is 60% of the damn planet – Right. I kind of want an Asian Luke Cage. You know? Yeah, it works. I kind of want exactly. I kind of want and, and maybe Iron Fist isn't gonna be that show and that's fine. But I kind of want a show that's set entirely in Chinatown, you know, or in uh, or in something like yeah. that where well, like Iron Iron Fist is definitely not gonna be that show. Yeah, no, but like where in the same way that like, you know, in Luke Cage you got to see so many different parts of, you know, black community that no one character right. had to be a stand in. That we could have some Asian male characters who are sex symbols and other Asian male right, characters right, right. who don't have any computer or martial arts aptitude at all, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, and, and Asian women who are not sex symbols in the like exotic way that right. you know, Asian Asian women are often fetishized. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the I don't think there is a kind of comic in the MCU or even DC world that would be a, a place to explore that. But I'd, I'd love to see a, a Luke Cage style show. That was really just set in that kind of a world. Right. Yeah, I mean, that that would be great. You know, I, I also think that if there were just a, you know, a, a main, like a leading character who were Asian, you know, who was Asian, who right. wasn't <clears throat> like, you know, specifically a stereotype, yeah. you know, it, like that would be great. Like, give me an Asian Batman, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, he's a martial artist, you know. Yep. Um, but he's he's not, you know, he's not Iron Fist. Like he's not a martial artist before All Out. Right. You know the the way like I do like yeah May is you know a a secret you know she's an agent she's you know a secret agent like a, a you know, an agent of Shield yep. right but but she's also like when you think of her fighting like the first thing you think of is her her. Uh, um, kicking someone you know i i I, I don't but then i think i'm much less aware of of generally i just kind of tune out a lot of the fight scenes in ways that i know you don't because you have martial arts training so you would pick up on it more than i do so yeah and i mean her big thing was she was she was a street fighter right like when she was oh really uh, yeah oh Oh, see i i I mostly know her as the voice of mulan oh okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) a little different um (laughs) But no, that's and, and then she's also like the pilot. You know? Yeah, the the one um the one other thing that I the one character I can think of who hasn't made it on screen yet, but is at least in the Marvel world, um is the new Ms. Marvel, who is the yeah. um it's a, a young um Pakistani uh girl a Pakistani American right. uh I I would say I can say woman I guess but is sixteen years old um is the point um and there I think I mean we don't have quite as many uh stereotypes in that regard of Pakistani necessarily as East Asian, but I think certainly there are some very yeah. strong about like, you know, being, you know, the kind of like computer geek and that kind of thing. And from my understanding, she doesn't fit a lot of those, which is pretty awesome. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I will say one thing I wanted to say about um, – because kind of related to this also is just Doctor Strange's whole thing about his identity as a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of a different part of the identity question. But I, I did – this was, a think, I think, a, a part of the movie that I, I really appreciated how well they did because um, I will say – some you know as I'm someone who um, – I, I live with a disability. I have an amputated leg that I didn't have all of my life. Um, and I also had a career that I really loved for a long time that I no longer have. Um for a lot of complicated reasons. Um, and, and, and so I could totally, and those two things are, are not related in my world, but, but there's a lot of stuff that went, that he went through that I could identify with, even when he was being a total asshole about the things he was going through. It, it, it meant a lot to me to see that story on screen in a way that really emphasized yeah. to me about why that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I when I was watching it, I was, I was, thinking of, of you in that regard that I, uh-huh. I thought like and and specifically the conversations we've had about um you know how many characters in science fiction and, and in, in comic book shows and movies and, and comics have or develop some disability and then they like get some magic or scientific thing that's just like oh it's all better you right. know right. um and this was almost like the first one that I can think of. I mean, or one of the first, not, not the first, but where a character, I mean, that was kind of, that was the driving force for, for him in the movie was finding a way to like fix himself. Right. right? That was like, it, that was, that was the foremost thing in his mind. And then, you know, he, he finally does actually get the power to, um, you know, to, to, eliminate his, his disability basically but it would come at the cost of you know the basically the, the new power that that he could have and the new things that he could do um you know for the world and, and himself and and he he chooses to say no okay that's you know i have this disability that's you know these, these are my hands now you know and and i'm i can i'm gonna live with that i'm still gonna be a superhero you know i'm, I'm yeah. gonna be um, you know, I, I have all this power that I can use for good. And, and it, you know, it's not, maybe it's not the same as having a story where it's just like, well, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And that's a, an aspect of this character. There's not this additional kind of like right. uh, thing going on, but, but to at least have a story where it's not like their disability immediately becomes, you know, either just like, Oh yeah, you get this chip in your spine. <laughs> now you're fine. You know? Yep. Or like or, now you or, get this um, super magical vision power that you've lost your vision, kind of like in Daredevil. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, def- uh, I definitely felt that. Like I, you know, in an ideal world, I still am waiting for the character where it's just like, yep, I'm in a wheelchair and I have these superpowers or this, you know, yeah. like, and those two things are unrelated. There is a character like that. Who? who? Uh, Oracle. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. And and prof- know, and Professor I mean, X and some others like that. And Professor X, sure, sure. Um, sure. but but yeah, it would have. Although in in at least one of the movies, they set up the idea that like Professor X has that same kind of choice of he can be right. non-disabled. And and I'd kind of like to see it, but but so to me that it. But this is a major step forward because it's still a seeing the kind of like the acceptance of disability and and yeah. not in a kind of like your disability allows you to be mystical. But in kind of the reverse of it, like you said, you know, he, he yeah. it, it's not that his disability makes him mystical. It's that fighting his disability would mean giving up the power, and that's a choice he doesn't want to make. And that, and part of that right, is accepting exactly. his disability, and I, I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, yeah, there, there, there was actually one just uh, callback to the whole like Asian superheroes. Um, that one that does occur to me, who's not a martial artist and not a um, hacker or like any kind of really stereotypically, oh, you know, this is how Asians are, is Jubilee. Um, oh, who's that? Who I was like really excited was in uh, X Men Apocalypse. And then was totally then cut out, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was, was kind of a bummer, you know. <laughs> they basically just made her a side character, um, you know. But she's this character who just has, you know, she's a mall rat, and like she has this really weird superpower, uh-huh. and it's just like she's just she's one of those characters who just happens to be Asian, you know. Yeah. Which I I feel like, you know, it's great to have some characters like Luke Cage, where like, you know, Luke Cage is a superhero whose whose blackness is this really um essential part of his character right and i think it's also great to have characters like uh brody Fury, you know, oh yeah or brody who... yeah brody who's brody uh roadie sorry oh roadie yeah 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 roadie <laughs> i was like brody that sounds like something from a kevin <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean to me the fact that you can have both of those is so important yeah you know? yeah 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 i want both you know because then you can have the characters where where you actually you know deal with any of the issues involved there, you deal with, you know, the, you know, things that people go through. Right. Right. And then you can also have a character where we just get to see someone, you know, where everybody gets to, um, you know, see someone who, you know, where we're not necessarily focusing on the issues. We're just kind of normalizing the fact that like people look different, you know, people are different from one another and, and that doesn't mean, they can't be any any particular type of character. Yeah, and I do like I like I don't know who these characters are going to be, but kind of as you go forward, it's really be nice to see like a Hawkeye or a Rhodey or like you know so or a Falcon, you know, someone like that who because I I will say a little bit in the defense, like okay, the stereotypes we're trying to avoid are martial artists and super scientists. There's an awful lot of martial artists and super scientists in the MCU. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I'm not like don't have any Asian martial artists. That's not at all what I'm saying, right? right. Or like, but, you know, what all I'm saying is like, you know, it would be nice right. if like the first like major character, you know, who's Asian, like isn't like, yeah, that's you know, I mean, like definitely agree Iron Fist is kind of like a fortune cookie, you know, like yep. he kind of just says these things that are like. Okay, dude, you know, they're like so <laughs> stereotypically like something you'd, you know, and it's like that's, first of all, that's not really what like, you know, Eastern philosophy is necessarily all about. Right. Um, like he's a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of simplified a lot of the time, you know. Um, but like he's, I feel like the character Iron Fist is kind of so stereotypically, you know, mystical Asian martial artist that the fact that the character actually isn't. Like, I can see Asian kind of like for me, it kind of does. I don't know. It, it kind of changes it a little bit in a way that for me, like I almost feel like we can kind of roll our eyes at Iron Fist himself, at Danny Rand a little bit uh-huh. in a way that like wouldn't feel it would feel different and like kind of icky if you like actually were this like generic um, Asian dude. You know what I mean? Or not not generic, like stereotypical. Right. I, I, I can definitely see that. I, I think I still I, I still see the critique from the other side, but I also think you're right that like it, it's kind of a it, it is somewhat of a no win scenario because it's 
it can yeah. so easily be. And I, I think in a lot of ways, to me, what I'm going to look for is, and I'll admit, I thought Doctor Strange had a little of this, but not as much as I'd feared. My concern isn't just that it's a white character playing things that are like traditionally thought of as Asian, but it's like there is a long history in Hollywood of the kind of white savior, the white person who goes to Asia, learns to do the Asian things even better than the Asian people, you know, or like not just I mean, any like dances with wolves is the same kind of idea, you know, like the the white yeah. person who becomes even more the minority group than the minority group. Um Right, and right, in right. some ways, like if 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 they do if they do flip that a little bit, and Danny Rand, like you know, is this kind of awesome guy in a lot of ways, but like every now and then, like some people from the world he's trying to inhabit, like are kind of rolling his eyes at his fortune cookie sayings. Like that that could be a fun way to play with the character, you know, mm -hmm. um, and to update it a little bit. So yeah, and I mean, I'm not that confident that they're necessarily <laughs> do any of that, but um, I, you know the 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 showrunner I think was one of the showrunners for Dexter. Uh -huh. um, which was a fantastic show until the last couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, which then the showrunner was the showrunner through then, I believe. So yeah. I'm, um, I have this anxiety about Iron Fist, where, like, honestly, outside of the whole like, you know, being an, a billionaire thing, um, you know, Iron, Iron Fist is a character that like I can relate to in a lot of ways. You know. Yep. And like, just in terms, in terms of like, really, kind of like, uh, basic uh, kind of identity ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then also in in terms of like actual philosophy. And so I'm kind of like, what are you gonna do with this character? <laughs> like, you know, like, don't mess it up, please. Like, yeah. Um, and not necessarily just the character, but also all the surrounding characters. You know. Um, mm-hmm. No, I can see that. I, I think it would be really interesting for us to talk about those shows when they come out. Um, yeah, one yeah. counterexample I want to give, because I think it actually – in the CW, I will say, I think there's two positive examples I want to point to. Um, one is is honestly is the character of Cisco in The Flash. Because oh, yeah. Cisco to me is a character where like it would be very easy to write that character as Asian. You know, really? it just It is such a traditionally – stereotypical Asian male role and to make the character Latino is yeah. is very playing against stereotype and makes him yeah. such a richer deeper character in a way that both kind of it fights kind of two stereotypes at once in a way I really like um, yeah, yeah, for sure. and the other is um, I know you haven't seen Supergirl do you mind if I spoil one thing about just a, a character element of one of the Supergirl characters I, I can you mean two? say again I think season one this is in season two. In season two? Oh, sure. Okay. Spoil I won't I won't say which, but we find out that one of the characters in, in the Supergirl world is gay. Um uh -huh. and it's played in I I think a really well done way of of playing not into a stereotype, but of allowing it to develop and allowing it to develop in a way that I, a, a lot of people I know who are gay um have, have been writing in and saying like they really appreciate how much this character's like journey of self identity like really mirrors what they've gone through, um, right? And so I think that that that's a very different kind of identity than than racial. But it, it was just something else I wanted to highlight while we're on this identity question. Um, but yeah, but it is it it is going to be interesting to see. I, I'm trying to think: Are there any? Do we know of any like big Asian characters that are coming in in any of the movies coming up? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know of any. I mean, obviously, you're going to have um, 
like most of the in the backstory of of Iron Fist, you know, it's mostly going to be, um, you know, it's mostly going to be Asian characters in Kung right. Loon, I imagine, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think Madame Gao is going to show up, and we're going to have a lot of the villains are probably going to be Asian characters, yep. but then there might be, um, you know, in terms of with whatever is going on with his his family's company, right? You know, that probably won't be. Um, in terms of the other movies, what next year we've got Spider-Man. Uh, I don't really know much about the casting for that. Yeah. There's, there's Thor. Um, you know, one of his, his warrior buddies, um, you know, is, is, is Asian, an Asian yeah. dude. And, hmm? Yeah, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm trying to think of how many lines that character's had. <laughs> in, Not very in, many. You know, two, two Thor movies. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's interesting how Sif did get you know, developed um, by being on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yep. you know, in a couple episodes. And, it, you know, it'd be nice to see uh, the, the other characters who are, you know, I mean, it seems like, shouldn't, like, it's not like there's that many characters in Thor, right? Like, can't they develop those characters, like, a little more? You'd, you know? You'd um, think so. I mean, that that is not the first or the last time I'm going to comment negatively on character development in the Thor movies. Um, <laughs> But but I do. I, I like them actually a, a lot. I like the Thor movies. Yeah. But I definitely see that as a weakness. <laughs> Basically, like the Thor movies are like the Loki show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll just say this: I don't think the problem with character development in Thor is racial. I think every race oh. gets characters who are not well developed in Thor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, if they want to develop a character, like hey, there's that guy. You know, yep, like, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, you know, and they got um, they got Chuck to play. Uh, the the character who looks like Kenneth Branagh on the first one, um, the kind of like swashbuckly guy. Oh yeah, that's um, right. And he had like two lines, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I know we're, we're about an hour, which is when you said it was your wrap up point. Is there any kind of last yeah. stuff on Doctor Strange you wanted to talk about? Uh, let's see. No, I think I think we pretty much covered most of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that there have been so many movies about magic and wizards and such and there have been so many superhero movies and now you have like a superhero movie about magic yeah uh, you know it's kind of like harry potter meets iron man i guess yeah but, it, it is kind of cool and like i said I, I i i'm curious as to the fact that both the mcu and the the dceu are both sort of doing this at, at roughly the same time and, and what that's about um I, yeah the, the dc tv you right? right yeah i don't think any i mean there yeah. haven't been there isn't many, much of a dc movie universe yet um well although enchantress is definitely kind of isn't she more magical yeah. than than sciencey yes uh i mean the, the, i mean i, I mean, don't think there's any science it, it, to those hips and why they have to keep undulating for right. no good reason. <laughs> i think those hips do lie yeah but, that's uh, probably true <laughs> but um but the, the uh, yeah, I mean, looking just looking at um, you know, the the Suicide Squad, it's like there's Enchantress who, uh, you know, is possessed. Well, she's a demon, and she's right. you know the character's possessed by a demon. And then you've got um, you've got Katana, you know, who's got a Katana, I guess. Yeah, there's a whole mystical by, element of. Yeah, I guess I guess the DC universe has had a, a fair, like kind of. I, I feel like they've had more. I don't know. More. Eh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But it's certainly. It's, but uh, it's, it's, in general, actually, I think in terms of like casting along racial lines or whatever, I, I think DC has certainly been more progressive. I think that. You know, I think like, that's, I think it's accurate. For years, I mean, like Eartha Kitt was Catwoman in what in the sixties or so, or whatever. Yeah, whatever Eartha, Eartha was. Kitt was, and I, I forget the the actor's name, but uh, Joker was played by a Latino actor. Yes. On, yeah. on the original Batman, so. Um, uh, Cesar Romero. Yeah. Which you you yeah. see the the who wouldn't see this mustache? Yeah, the clown the clown makeup over the mustache is a great touch. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Cool. No, yeah, I think I think that's that's true, and I think it'll be interesting to see if magic. Like, I'll be curious to see in some of the newer uh, Marvel stuff coming down the pipe if we start to see more um, stick stick to the um, scientific kind of thing they've gone with, or go back to the mystical. Um, Especially yeah. with, with Guardians well, uh, of the Galaxy, if if I'm right, Guardians, the main plot is going to be kind of trying to find his father, who's in, an angel. And, like, mm-hmm. that could be a it's Thor. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that could be a Thor. No, like, for real. Like, what the hell? Uh, but Oh, no, I thought that was pretty established. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Never mind. Ignore yeah. that. Well, no, just like in, in the movie, it was like kind of the whole whole thing. It was like you don't actually know who his father is and, and the um, – I mean he's supposed to be an alien, but like people right. – there's a lot of speculation of who he actually would be. Right. Um, so we'll take all of that as conjecture. Yeah, it, but, it's uh, spoiling a theory. But yeah, but like that's my point. Oh, is oh like, it's just a theory. It's just a theory. Yeah, I mean but, but that if um, – this whole idea of like an angel, like is it they could betray it as a scientific, like it's just another race, right. or they could make it like, nope, mystical, demons and angels are real, you know, like so I'll be curious yeah. to see how they play it out. Yeah, like I mean like when you once you get into um what's his name? Like Ghost Rider, you know? Yeah. And and all that stuff, it's like you you kinda I, I feel like there's a point at which you get you go down a path where it's like kind of like lost where I felt like there was a point at which I was just like, this isn't going to end well. Yeah. And I, and I do think it's, it's, and this can get us into a whole other theory, but like, I, I would actually even say we've sort of started on this like science mystical binary that there's yeah. almost, to me, I would even say that there's a third like element that can be introduced to a universe or can be kept away from it, which is like supernatural religious kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, I might even say like, like I had a, I had a, professor in college who used to like to say that like when we use the word religious it has a very different meaning in terms of like western religion versus other religions and here like because yeah like a lot of dr strange like the mysticism it taps into like buddhist or taoist like you could say it's like religious philosophical or or more mystical but to me when i say supernatural i mean specifically in the kind of like western conceit of like demons and angels as like physical entities instead of like right right like to me that that's almost a separate thing above and beyond magical yeah well what it is is it's it's the same thing like from a certain perspective but it's a very but it's it's a thing that matches up with a lot of people's actual beliefs in the real world right and so it i think it it hits a little different like to me it's all the same yeah you know like it, it's all like stuff that doesn't that there's no evidence that exists but right um but that different groups of people believe does exist you know what i mean it's, it's like mo- almost all these things are taken from um myth or from from various you know religions but 
you know, when there's a religion that's kind of more current, right. it's like, you know, like, like, yeah, I think Iceland actually went back to like Norse mythology, like officially. Oh yeah. It's like, yep, this is the thing. But it's like, you know, there's a tiny number of people who really believe in, in the, you know, the Norse gods. And I mean, I know one person who like grew up in Queens who does, you know, but like, I know a couple uh, or, or just some, right. But it's like, that's clearly a tiny minority right. compared to like, when you look at what 70% of the United States or 60% of the United States and some huge portion of the world or, you know, and, and then if you include all of the, you know, if you include uh, Islam, Christianity and Judaism, like, and you know, that's a huge portion of the world that, that, believe to some extent something that uh, is at least um you know um next to all of that so it it certainly yeah it just hits differently i think and and i would say like i'm someone who like i am someone who believes i am a a religious person i'm a christian but but i don't want a movie to answer like there are questions that are at the center of my religion i don't want a movie to try to answer those you know and like like, for example, like in Doctor Strange, it's clear that like the kind of mystical ideas and stuff they're talking about, like there, there are some roots in like Buddhist thought and things like that, even though it's going pretty wildly away from it. If the ancient one had sort of said, you know, I come from a long line that started with the Buddha, that would right. have raised some real eyebrows for me. You know, I'd be like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. now you're kind of like as a movie, you're saying like that this thing actually happened and in the same way. I feel like. Anytime you start to tell me that angels and demons exist in the world, right? Angels and demons exist in a mythology in which God actually exists, right? And right. on some level, like, and this is actually kind of my biggest complaint with the TV show Luth- Lucifer, which is a DC show, but it's not in the DC extended universe by any means. Um, and some of the theology of that show is interesting, but on some level, like, the theology is based in a conceit of like. God and the devil actually do literally exist in ways. Right, right. And I'm sort of okay in that show just for that very specific world. But like in some level, once you tell me an angel exists, I sort of feel like you're going to have to actually answer the question of does God exist, yes or no? And I don't want you to answer that question, you know? (laughs) Right, right, within a a show. Yeah. Um, so, So you're not like super into the movie like Heaven is Real and uh not no no my my christianity and kirk cameron's are not quite um I, right I, I, wait, that's kirk cameron wait kirk cameron. i i think so i think he's the one who did that um certainly i will say of all the science fiction i want us to talk about left behind is probably not one i think we're ever going to cover okay, um, okay. so um on, on that note having uh, wandered pretty far I was, afield, I was thinking cameron crow just for, for you know Oh, okay. No, then maybe we're not talking. So, like, picture that movie made by Cameron Crowe. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How strange of you to say that. Uh-huh. Um, All right. So, so yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're deep into puns. So we're going to end on puns, are we? <laughs> Clearly. Let's stop torturing our audience. <laughs> Okay. All right, um, uh, Paul. You have any uh, um, last stuff? I, uh, with all your moving, I'm guessing you're not writing too much. But anything you want audience members to know about you or check out about you? I'm currently writing about bed bugs, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You know, Twitter as in Madman. Eventually, I'll stop tweeting just about Trump uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> some other thoughts. <laughs> so you know. 
hopefully soon. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. And for myself, um, thanks everyone for being a part of this. Um, Paul and I um, would would love to have some non political things to talk about on Twitter. So please tweet at us uh, your thoughts on Doctor Strange. Tell us what you think. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, if you just found this one episode and want to subscribe, you can subscribe to Superhero Ethics Podcast by searching for that on iTunes. Uh, and also now, I'm happy to announce, uh, we're also now on Stitcher, which is another place where people can find, um, especially if you're on an Android or you're not using iTunes, uh, Stitcher is another great way to uh, find uh, podcasts, and you can search for us there on Superhero Ethics. Um, Please um, leave us reviews on either of those sites. Tweet to your friends about us. Let us know. Uh, let other people know about it. We really want to get more people in the conversation. Um, and thanks again for being a part of this. And have a great day.